You are listening to Scale Your Freelancing Podcast with your host, Satya Perna. Every week, we bring you inspiring messages and interviews to help you scale your freelance business to six figures while creating more freedom than ever before. Thanks for joining us today and let the show begin. Welcome to Scale Your Freelancing Podcast. This is your host, Satya Purna. And today I'm being joined by Lisa Mullis, who is a former client of mine and a very good friend. And I'm just so excited to have her because she is just full of wisdom. She's been doing this whole freelance business thing for a long time now. So I'm just super excited to have her on the podcast. So Lisa, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Satya. I'm excited. I love talking about business and life and business and all of that good stuff. So I'm excited to get into a conversation today. I love it. So do you want to tell the humans a little bit about you, what you do and about Paraphrase, your company as well? Sure, yeah. So I am a copywriter and designer who works with service-based professionals, usually like coaches, consultants, creatives, to help them look, sound, and sell like the high-value experts that they really are because I work with a lot of people who are what I consider in mid-career transition. So they've, Mm -hmm. you know, they've been in the work world for maybe even a couple of decades. Um, Mm -hmm. So they've got a lot of experience. They have a lot of expertise, but now they're doing something totally new. Either they're moving into entrepreneurship out of corporate, or they're doing something very new in their business. And so they're in this place of like, I, you know, I'm doing something new, feeling a little low confident, not sure how to talk about all this past experience and expertise they're bringing in. And so that's what I really focus on is, is helping them to communicate that so that they come into their newness of their business. Like, as, like I said, as the high value expert that they really are so that they can be charging fees that are appropriate to the level of work that they can do and, you know, and, and really do the things that they want to do with their business. I love that. I love that so much because yeah, it's true. Like I think when you're making a big transition in any area of your life, right, whether you're going from being in a relationship to not being in a relationship or being in a corporate career to being an entrepreneur or any of that, like any transition to that effect, it is, um, it does take a moment for us to find our feet and find our confidence because it's like, Mm -hmm. we have some context specific confidence in like, you know, a specific context, like having a job in corporate. But then when you're moving over to like something like running a business and like working with clients, that's just a whole new ball game, right? It's not like, I think for people, it's that confidence is not so easily transferable. So I love that Mm -hmm. that's what you're supporting people with, because I feel like that's such an important uh, niche to be in as well. So I love that you're focusing on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it brings up this whole idea, and this is something that's been top of mind for me lately is this idea of, um, imposter versus beginner. Mm. And so, and how there's, there's really a distinction there, but sometimes the confidence can get wrapped up in this feeling of being the imposter, like who am I to do these things? But that's very different from being a beginner when you're just like, well, I don't know. I just, because I am new at this and I have to learn things. And so, but what I'm seeing is a lot of times that that those two ideas get convoluted. And so, and, and, and I think it's important to understand, like when you're having those feelings of low confidence and uncertainty, 
and fear around, you know, putting yourself out there or saying something in particular, you know, is, is it coming from a place of feeling like the imposter or is it because it's a discomfort of being the beginner? Because both places feel uncomfortable, but right. for different reasons. Oh, for sure. And also, I think in some cases, it can be both together at the same time, right? Because, you know, yeah, yeah. you may have let's say you were like one of my clients uh, who had just worked with very recently one of my coaching clients felt this because she had been like an editor of a magazine for like a really long time so she's a very good writer mm-hmm. she's amazing at what she does but then wh- when she started her business she was kind of feeling like a beginner in her business because even though she's an excellent writer she was still having imposter syndrome around her business right so mm-hmm. i feel like sometimes it's like those are not always two separate things like sometimes those things get wrapped up in each other. And I feel like that gets mm-hmm. even more interesting because there's like a gray area there. Yeah, for sure. And so, and I also feel like sometimes there's a stigma or shame around the being the beginner, mm. especially if you are someone who may be um, further along in your life journey. Yes. You know, you've, you've had a lot of these experiences. You've had, you've had a proven track record. And, and, and sometimes that expectation can come from within. Like, yes, I should know how to do this stuff. Yeah. I should be learning this stuff faster. Look at those around me who seem to be picking up on it faster than I am or know more than I do. And yeah. so I think that's part of it too, is that there's this pressure or this shame or stigma around being a beginner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And I love that you, I love that you're bringing that up because that's a hundred percent a real thing, right? It's like, there's, it's almost like in our culture, the process of learning and becoming is not valued, right? It's like the mm-hmm. process of arriving is valued right? Like process of arriving at the mountaintop, that is valued. But like learning how to climb the mountain or starting to climb the mountain is not valued as much as arriving there. But the fact is like, if you don't start, like you can never arrive, right? So it's just like so interesting that like it's, it's flipped that way, but it's true. Like I think all of us just deserve to have that space and grace to be a beginner in our life, 100%. Like with that I just agree with that so much because I think we all have to just allow ourselves to be a beginner at something. And I mean, to Mm -hmm. be honest, I notice myself like cringing a little bit as well, because sometimes I feel like, oh, but like I already want to know what I'm doing in like these specific places in my business. So why Mm -hmm. can't I just do more of that? Right. It's just so easy to just fall into the trap of doing more of what you already know, rather than be a a beginner at something that you absolutely have no clue about. But again, like, you know, that's where the value is. That's where the magic is, right? Like when you are willing to discover that newness, that's where you have like new opportunities, new possibilities, probably like 10x your growth is not going to come from the same thing that you've been doing for the last five years. Maybe it's going to come from something that's completely new, that's completely outside of your realm of possibilities right now. So yeah, I love that. I love that you mentioned, uh, you know, just embracing the newness and allowing ourselves to be like a beginner at something. I think that's so valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and another thought related to that too, is just the idea of, of because it is uncomfortable to be mm-hmm. in this space of beginning, yeah. because you are in like, you have, you are in still sort of like what, how I see it, you're sort of at that tail end of transition into mm. the, the, the new thing, right? And transitions are always uncomfortable. Um, yeah. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing to, 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 to have that discomfort, but it, is uncomfortable it's not like you're like excited to you know always to feel that but yeah 
Um, I think because it is uncomfortable, what might happen too sometimes is that we want to skip ahead. And so like you're saying, and I totally agree with you, we keep doing the things that we're familiar with that we know because it is uncomfortable to do the new. But then I'm saying sometimes we skip ahead because we're like, well, I don't want to be in this beginning place. I want to be further along. And so we short change that whole valuable process that you just described of the learning of the of the progress that's made because there is I agree with you there's a lot of value in that space yeah yeah and I feel like specifically for freelancers right this is a very relevant conversation because Mm -hmm. especially if you've been a freelancer for a while if you've been doing something for a while there is a temptation to just like double down on what you already know and go deeper into it and of course, I'm not saying that that's wrong, right? Like for mm-hmm. many people, that might be the right choice because maybe they need to niche down, hone in, uh, systemize, productize, whatever, go deeper into what they're doing and do it in a, in a better way, efficient, more faster, more impactful mm-hmm. way. But also there's 100% an opportunity to kind of step away from the familiar and go towards something that you've never done before, right? Like at least for me personally, when excuse me, one of the best parts of running my business is the fact that I can go in any direction I want without mm-hmm. have, without needing to limit myself, right? So for example, if I feel like coaching, I can go into coaching. Um, you know, the earlier today, I had a discussion about potentially teaching a whole group of people how to write, which is something I've never done before. And I was like, mm-hmm. that sounds fun. Like, I know I, I can do that. Like, you know, that sounds fun. Let's do that, right? And maybe a few years down the road, it might be like writing my own book. Like, the whole idea, the whole reason why I love entrepreneurship so much is that I can go in any direction I want without having to ask anybody permission uh, Mm -hmm. to do it, right? Like I can start an e-commerce business just because I want to without having to wonder Mm -hmm. about like, am I qualified to run an e-commerce business or whatever? Like it doesn't matter. But again, I think a lot of the times we get impatient with ourselves and we say, no, it has to happen faster or And also, you know, society perpetuates this, right? Like there's the whole, you know, Forbes 30 under under 30, 40 under Mm -hmm. 40. Like there are all these different things where people are constantly saying like, oh, the the more successful you are at a younger age, the better. But that's kind of bullshit because if you look around, you see that uh, there are people who are in the later stages of their lives who are just starting to be like properly successful. Like I think there were, there were a few memes that I saw about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, right? Because they were, they were talking about how like Joe Biden has been trying to become president for like the last 28 years or something like Mm -hmm. that. Like he did his first like presidential bid in like 1992 or something. And we were like, Mm -hmm. holy shit, like that's a long time to be waiting in the wings to be a president. Right. But I think there's something really epic and beautiful about that because it kind of shows perseverance right like he's not willing yes. even though he's like in his 70s I suppose he's not willing to like give up on that dream he still is like holding on to that dream and he, he's like yep I, I'm gonna do it because I want to and I, I said I would all along and even mm-hmm. though like he's been vice president before he's just going after it so I love that you're bringing this up because again like we have to be willing to be in the process because the process is not always going to be a 30 under 30 kind of process it might take some time but the rewards mm-hmm. are still going to be awesome. So I love that you brought that up. I know. I am excited too because you and I have had conversations before about, um, especially like like me feeling impatient about how things are unfolding because I've been doing my business for twenty years and right. you know I've been gainfully self-employed for you know, full time for the last 16 years. So, and going on to 17 years. So I've done this for a long time. And yet, 
you know, there's been various points where I've looked at what I've accomplished and yeah. where, where I'm at in this yeah. process. And I think, well, you know, I'm not where so-and-so is and they've, they're only three years into their business. They're only five years into their business. So a lot of that comparison thing yeah. that's leading to this feeling of being impatient. Yeah. Um, but, but I've, you know, I've come to terms with like, I'm on my own journey yeah. And things are going to unfold the way that they will. And I'm totally good with that. And I really do take inspiration from people like Joe Biden, who's like, I I'm going to do this and I'm committed to it. And yeah. if it takes 30 years, <laughs> it takes 30 years. And yeah. so there's something really beautiful about that and just owning your own journey. Yeah. Um, and with the, with the, the level of um, just patience and comfort with the discomfort. Yeah. And actually, so I just thought of like the perfect anecdote that I wanted to share. I like that just mm -hmm. kind of adds on to what you were just saying that, okay, so when I was traveling in Italy, uh, two years ago, uh, or almost two and a half years ago now, two and a half years ago, it was like the, one of the best experiences of my life. I just enjoyed it so much. It was absolutely fantastic. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was absolutely epic. And I loved spending like a, a, a whole month in Italy. And one of the things that I noticed is that I actually went to this cathedral. If I remember correctly, it was in Rome. Yes, it was in Rome. Um, and I went to this cathedral and I saw like the, in, there was like, you know, a board which was talking about like the, when the cathedral was built, etc. That cathedral was in construction for 600 years. <laughs> 600 <Okay>. years. <laughs> Holy shit. I was like, wait, 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 wait. And I was like, just crunching the numbers. I was like, let's say that there were, you know, the life expectancy was pretty damn low, like back in the day when this cathedral was being built. And I was like, so there were approximately eight generations of people that built this cathedral. Like, that's just like such a mind blowing concept, yeah, right? Because right now the, the world that we live in, is like all about instant gratification. It's like you order mm -hmm. something, it shows up in two hours with Amazon Prime. You, you know, or like you make some, like, you know, there are skyscrapers in China that are being built in 30 days. There's like all this like, you know, talk about how things are happening like in instantly or like almost instantly they're happening so quickly at lightning speed. We're talking about like having a hyperloop that's going to take you from Europe to the US in just a few hours. Like there's so much of this conversation around speed that we've actually kind of forgotten that not that long ago, it used to take 600 years to build a cathedral, right? It's like, <laughs> I think it's not- that's e such a good reminder, yes. Yeah, it used to take 600 years to build a cathedral. So it's like, mm -hmm. when we're trying to build a business over like 10 years or 20 years or whatever, like what the hell are we in such a hurry about? Like literally like people yeah. didn't even see their work of art get finished in their lifetime. Like literally, yeah. like not in like eight, they didn't see it get completed in eight generations. Like when you think about that, it just kind of blows your mind. Like, mm -hmm. holy shit. <laughs> like there were literally people who like lived and died to build this cathedral and they just contributed like a small part of it. But it's so beautiful that it's kind of, it's stood the test of time, right? We still go yes. to the cathedral. We're still awed by it. We're still like, wow, this building is damn beautiful. And that's one mm -hmm. of the things that I loved about traveling in Europe, especially in Spain and Italy where you see all these buildings which have literally been crafted by hand and like literally every single tile has been placed by hand and every single tile has been painted by hand and it's just the, the attention to detail is like spectacular mm -hmm. and when I look yeah. at it like a part of me like just gets overjoyed when I look at it and I'm like this is so amazing that like somebody put 
their entire life into making this perfect cathedral happen but also it breaks my heart that we don't get to be a part of something that epic you know it's like mm. it's like there's uh yeah it's it's like sweet and bitter at the same time it's like mm-hmm. wouldn't it be cool to be con- con- to contribute to something that is that beautiful in like the big picture in the long term but also i mean yeah we you, we are a culture that or a generation that's used to instant gratification so yeah i think i think yeah. it's just very interesting to keep that in mind that like masterpieces take time to be built and i love that you're telling this story because look at how impressed we are with the fact that it's took eight generations to build this so it's the yeah. process that that cathedral underwent to get to be this magnificent thing that it is today the process is just as impressive yes. and so i think that's a good reminder for all of us in business that the process of getting yeah. to the vision of where you want to go can be just as amazing and rewarding yeah. and i will say for myself like yeah i still have you know goals that i want to hit and, and a vision that i'm working towards and maybe it is taking longer for me than it might for someone else but that doesn't mean that i'm not having a heck of a good time while yes. i'm doing it like i'm having an amazing time i've had it i've i have an amazing life and i'm able to support my family and do these really incredible things and that's like really like acknowledging that the that you can have that um level of like impressiveness to yourself in while you're in the process of creating Absolutely. the magnificent absolutely 100% and also i think be really like i've come to realize this more and more this year that like all the growth that we want is on the other side of more self love like that's mm. kind of been my conclusion for 2020 like my mm. conclusion for 2020 has been that everything that we want is like you're not going to beat yourself up enough to get the level of success you want. Yeah. There's no amount of self-loathing or beating yourself up that's going to get you there. But there is mm-hmm. an amount of self-love that's going to get you there. Because, you know, mm-hmm. when you are actually just present for yourself more, when you love yourself in the process more, it just makes the process work faster. Like this has been mm-hmm. like my big lesson for 2020. It's like the answer is more self-love. The answer is not beating yourself up. Like it it mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. But also this is something i spoke about in the in the last podcast i recorded so basically the podcast episode that's going to come out before this one um this where i talked about with my guest about the fact that all of us don't need to have the same vision or the same dream for our business and what i mean by that is like we don't all need to be multimillion dollar businesses mm-hmm. like it's not necessary like we can pick and choose our own dreams and like define what success looks like for us and you know it has it doesn't need to have anything to do with political power fame wealth um having like a 17 bedroom house or like a private jet like all of those things are are good and dandy like there's nothing wrong with any of that but the truth is that that's actually like the mainstream society's vision of what success is supposed to look like like you're supposed to have mm-hmm. a supermodel body and two and a half children and a rockstar husband and a 17 bedroom house and you know and a 15 cars and then you're successful right it's like yeah. that's bullshit like that's absolutely mm-hmm. bullshit because first of all not everybody wants to be famous not everybody has the appetite to handle fame because you know it comes mm-hmm. with a whole whole can of worms um, you may not want to be like a political power you may not want to be like somebody whose life can be under threat at any point of time like there are a lot of things that 
people might not want or people might not choose into. But at the same right. time, you could be running a $200,000 business, living in a cabin that's just the right size for you and your family, having the best time working only three days a week. And the rest of the time you're like riding horses or playing with your puppies or like doing whatever and have an incredible life that has absolutely nothing to do with the mainstream vision of success. And that's totally fine as well, right? So I think yeah, instead of absolutely. like beating ourselves up in the process and saying, oh, but like that girl makes more money than me. And like that guy makes more money than me. It's like, mm-hmm. is that the life that you actually want? Because the answer might be no, right? Like maybe they're mm-hmm. working 17 hours a day or they're technically on paper, they're doing a million dollar launch, but after they uh, deduct all the expenses, they're left with $200,000 as profits. So it's like, mm-hmm. who's to say that like, a business that generates a million dollars in sales and then gets $200,000 in profits is better than a business that generates $250,000 in sales and retains $200,000 in profits. Like it's the same thing. Yeah. Like you're walking away with $200,000 in profits. So the million dollars is just a vanity metric, right? So why are we mm-hmm. chasing that in the first place? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really about building a business that works for you, not like a business that you think you're supposed to have, which I think, you know, uh, that's a mistake that a lot of people make as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like for for people who are listening who are in the beginning mm-hmm. um, stages of their business, particularly that, well, actually, I think this is applicable no matter where you're at, however long you've been in business. All of the things mm-hmm. that we're talking about is good reminders. Um, it's yeah. good reminders for me, too, to have this conversation. It just yeah. reinforces um, these concepts and stuff. But but also just, again, for people who are newer in their businesses to realize that there is a lot of beauty in that process, in the learning, yeah. in the newness. Um, and related to that is that, you know, and this kind of get, circling back to the imposter syndrome um, piece is that you really don't, do not need to have so much, you know, expertise and experience beyond like, like, like hundred levels beyond the people yeah. that you want to help yeah really if you're sure. just a step or two ahead of where they are um and and you know you've walked that journey then you're perfectly qualified to to help um Absolutely. and so I think that's a that's something I wanted to make sure gets out there too because it can feel really daunting when you do like what you've described like when you look at like some of all of these external markers of success and you think and you, and you're and you see people around you doing this and that and it feels really daunting and um but just knowing that it doesn't have to be like that and it doesn't need to be like this huge thing as far as like you have to acquire all of this knowledge and certification and all this kind of stuff in order to be ready to work yeah. with others absolutely and also i think the reason why it's that's true as well is because I feel like imposter syndrome doesn't fully ever go away. Or to yeah. be honest, it's not fully gone away for me. Yeah, <laughs> me, ne- like, me neither. <laughs> yeah, like often when I, like just before I'm sending my content to my, like whenever I write my copy for my clients and I'm sending over the copy, mm-hmm. I always have this like 1% fear that pops up. It says, oh my God, this is going to be that one project which is like completely <laughs> fucked up. Your client is going to read it and they're going to be like, what the hell is this word vomit? It sucks. And you know, there's like yes. oh, one person that, that fear comes up and I'm like, yep, well, I've said this before. Every single project I've delivered to clients. Uh, yes, <laughs> and, and yes. Then, you know, the client turns around and says, oh my God, this is amazing. I love what you did with the program and or like with the coffee yeah. and everything. And I'm like, 
oh, okay, you liked it. Okay, good. <laughs> it's always like that little part of me, the tiny voice in my head that's like surprised that my client liked it. But I'm just like, God, you've delivered hundreds and hundreds of projects. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, yes. A thing. But yeah, like I think imposter syndrome is just a, a thing. And it doesn't mean that you're, you suck. It doesn't mean you need more certifications. It just means you're human. And yeah, yes. like it, it doesn't mean anything. Like the fact that it popped up doesn't mean anything. And you, that doesn't mean you have to rewrite the whole project. It doesn't mean any of that. It's like, it just means that you're human and, and you have some fears sometimes. And there's like mechanisms that are here to protect you. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything apart from that. So I think yeah. that's good to remember that like no matter how long you've been doing your work, you're probably going to feel a little bit of imposter syndrome the whole time. Yeah, that's so true because I feel exactly the same way. And like I said, I've been doing this work for 20 years and I still feel like that every time, Yeah, um, especially working with new clients. But yeah, you're right. So I think that should hopefully be um, reassuring for those listening that <laughs> you're right. It doesn't go away. But I think the difference is when you can recognize it for what it is yes. and you can, you can make a distinction between that and then just being new at something. So, and right. I have lots of experiences of being new, even, it, even though I've been in business for a long time, I'm still doing new things. And so I yeah. have lots of experiences of being new yeah. and feeling that discomfort. So I think the, sure. what we're trying to say, is just, there is a distinction there and yeah, the imposter syndrome doesn't necessarily go away, but when you know what it is, then you can say, Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, like, absolutely. I can move on from that. Absolutely. I love that. So I feel like we've we've talked about all the things (laughs) just kind of like flowed forth from both of us. But to wrap up, I want to ask you, like, what's been the biggest lesson for you in 2020? Like, what's been that big takeaway for you this year? Well, I feel like for me, it's been that there actually what I was saying, that there is real, um, beauty in the discomfort mm. that there that that things have been highly uncomfortable um for i would say for our, our, all humans on the planet this year yeah. but also for for many of us for other things that are also happening um that just are like all happening in this year and that's what i've realized is that it's i i for me have become more comfortable being uncomfortable and Mm. just having some more self-awareness. So for me, that's been my biggest lesson. I love how that ties into what you were saying about self-love, because I think that that's a huge part of being comfortable with the uncomfortable is loving yourself and trusting yourself and knowing that, that you have what it takes to move through these periods and to deal with crises when they come up and, um, and know that it's going to be fine on the other side. Yeah, for sure. And also, I just want to add on to that and say, like, your worth, your worth as a human being is not affected by what you're going through right now. Mm, Right. And I think that's like something that, to be honest, I didn't understand for a long time either. Like I was associating my self-worth with how well my business was doing Mm -hmm. or how my family life was doing or how I was reacting or whether I was reacting in the most ideal in like uh, the way ideal Satya self would act. And I was judging myself and saying, oh, because I'm not acting like ideal Satya, that means that I'm not worthy in the moment. And it's like, that's Mm -hmm. such a bullshit story. It's like, you absolutely have to understand that even if you're in a super uncomfortable place right now, like that has absolutely nothing to do with your inherent value or worth as a human being. 
which is why you're worthy of self-love no matter what, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you, even if you didn't get out of bed today, you're worthy of self-love. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, literally, like, even if you did nothing but stay in bed, drink tomato soup or drink a glass of mulled wine like I did, <laughs> even if you did absolutely nothing in your life today or in the last month, like, it doesn't mean anything about your worthiness as an individual. So mm-hmm. if that doesn't mean, you, so that means that you don't need to beat yourself up. You don't need to force yourself to do better. It's like, the more you just embrace yourself and right now in this moment where you are with the discomfort, with the ugliness, with all the things exactly the way they are right now with that extra roll of belly fat that we all gained during the pandemic. Let's not lie about it. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless of whatever has happened in your life in the last like six months, nine months or whatever that this shit show has been going on. Like it has not changed the fact that you've been inherently worthy and amazing and uh, Mm -hmm. deserving of self-love this whole time. Right. So yeah, I love that right. you said that it's about getting more comfortable, being uncomfortable. And yes, it perfectly ties into the point, which is like, yeah, you got to just love yourself more as you're going through these uncomfortable places. Because yeah, that's the only way to get to through to the other side. So mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Me it's too. a perfect way to po- wrap up the <laughs> podcast. So thank you so much again, Elisa, for joining us. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Well, you could just go to paraphrase.com, C-O-M-M dot com, and that'll give you some information there about what I do and, um, and how I work with people. And that'd probably be the easiest, easiest place to start. Awesome. And do, are you active on Instagram or Facebook or somewhere? That yes, I am you? on Facebook as well under paraphrase.com. And so I don't know if you're going to include links yes, we with will. the podcast. We yes. Will. yes. So, um, yeah, we'll have those there for you too. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much again, Lisa, for joining. And thanks for doing this with me. I loved having you on the podcast today. Thank you. My pleasure. My honor. Thank you. All right. See ya. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. If you want to learn how to hit your first $25,000 month in your freelance business, join us for our free training at satyapurna.com training. That's all for now. See you in the next episode.